Welcome to the Are Your Hands Full podcast, a step-by-step parenting podcast for your Jewish family. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Please check out the most recent Are Your Hands Full download at www.handsfullchenuch.com. That's H-A-N-D-S-F-U-L-L-C-H-I-N-U-C-H.com. So I know we're all living through unprecedented, unpredictable, and fluid times. It seems that every time that I sit down to record another podcast, something changes. So in order to maintain consistency and in order to maintain our focus, I'm going to continue podcasting our program, the Hands Full program, and all of the strategies that will help maintain your sanity in spite of what's going on. Remember that the more consistent you stay and the more calmly you conduct yourself and the more you shield and shelter your children from the goings-on around the world, the better and healthier all of you will be. Wishing you loads of Hatzlacha, but for now, we're just going to continue where we left off. Let's talk about bribes. A bribe is a gift bestowed in order to influence the recipient's conduct. Although bribery seems to work in parenting, it actually breeds an atmosphere in which compensation is routinely expected. And I know it's very tempting to bribe kids and constantly offer incentives to get whatever it is you need done, done. But remember, you're cultivating an entitlement a constant attitude where a child feels entitled to receive something every time they do something good. Bribery also avoids one of the main ingredients of preparation for adult life. Your child's conduct, if it is being influenced by bribes, is not driven by the understanding that there is someone bigger than me, who's smarter than me, who knows better than I do what's good for me. This last sentence that I just said is actually a quote from a speech therapist who had a major impact on the success of my daughter who was hearing impaired. When I arrived at her office, she introduced me, and we're talking about 35 years ago, to the idea that in order for my daughter to grow and develop, she would have to become comfortable with the idea that there is somebody bigger than me, who's smarter than me, who knows better than I do what's good for me so that she can learn from someone else. Imagine that this concept needed to be driven home 35 years ago. You can imagine how important it is to drive this concept home for our children now in 2020. The key at that time was that my daughter shouldn't be so internally driven so that she would only be able to learn when it suited her. We simply could not afford that. I remember the speech therapist used to say to me, No one is giving us extra time here. We get the same 20 years to do the job that everyone else gets. And so that's how we raised her. She always knew that there was going to be an authority in her life, her parents, her teachers, Hashem, and that she wasn't going to be making the decisions of how and when she was going to develop. Many years later, I came to appreciate the someone who is bigger than me, who's smarter than me, who knows better than I do what's good for me, and its correlation with Yiddishkeit and Frumkeit. Because after all, in our world, 
we must always remember who is bigger than us, smarter than us, and who knows better than we do what's good for us. This morning when I was Menachem Oval someone and I spoke to the individual who was sitting Shiva, I was amazed at her acceptance of this ordeal. She clearly understood that there was someone who knew better than she do what was good for her. She was able to apply, there is someone who knows better than I do what's good for me, part of this speech therapist's statement. And when someone asks a Shaila and accepts the answer, he's accepting the, there's someone bigger than me and smarter than me who knows better than I do what's good for me, part of the statement. These are critical aspects of being Shemitara Mitzvahs and keep us all sane all the time. So instead of following a directive because a person in a position of authority has requested it, children who are exposed to repeated instances of bribery lose their sense of obligation to obey an authority figure. They learn to obey only if the reward is worth the effort. This is how we contribute to the creation of the me generation. If it's worth it for me, I'm going to do it. If it's not a worthwhile investment for me, then as far as I'm concerned, why should I do it? We call this a Chinese auction mentality. Once upon a time in the good old days, and I remember this very clearly as a child, if a yeshiva or an organization was collecting money, two men in suits knocked on the door and my father or mother gave them a check and that was that. There were no parties, no 24-hour mega drives, no Chinese auctions, no dinners. There wasn't this feeling that I needed to win a prize or get something in return for my donation. You gave a donation because it was tzedakah. And because tzedakah is the right thing to do. This is what kept our inner conscience alive. Every person needed to keep tabs on themselves and ask themselves, am I doing the right thing? The wrong thing? And they were guided by their conscience. Once the shift occurred where there was consistent payment for doing something good, the conscience was relegated to the back burner. I'm going to tell you something remarkably interesting. I'm an occupational therapist, and I have been treating children since 1997. Never once during the entire 23 years have I given or offered a child a physical prize after a session. I believe that by doing that, we translate that precious good feeling of success that a child should feel and should be directly deposited into the self-esteem bank account of that child. Instead of that, we translate that precious good feeling into a physical item that gets deposited into a prize drawer and eventually to a junk drawer and eventually to the garbage. Verbal praise and compliments go a long way in increasing the balance in the self-esteem bank account for that child. But consistent prizes by parents for everything a child does teaches that child that the important feeling of self-esteem is only as important as the physical item it's going to translate into. Now let's examine the school systems. The school systems operate almost exclusively on incentive systems simply because their teacher-to-student ratio and the educational pressure that they are under leaves them no choice. I'm not passing judgment on this phenomenon. I'm not passing judgment on school systems, believe me. They have proven themselves over and above, certainly in the recent past. Nor am I going to try to change it. But the one point, though, is that both parents and machanchem should be aware of this, is that every time you enable or empower a child to do something good and experience success without a prize, you've given that child a most wonderful gift. 
So that's why I designed the hands full program to be incentive, bribe, and prize free. If your children are exposed to approximately eight hours a day of incentives, it might be nice to at least expose them at home to doing the right thing for right thing's sake, just because it's the right thing to do. So at least at home, they get that exposure. One caveat is that if a child is refusing a service that is extremely important for his or her development, a tutor, a speech therapist, a dentist, or a medical practitioner of some type, and an incentive would allow that child to move forward developmentally, we allow that. I suggest that parents use time incentives rather than item incentives because our children are item rich and time poor. This means that they have an abundance of items in their lives, but not enough of our time. They will clearly appreciate and gain more from our time rather than from another tchotchke that lands up in the garbage anyway. Thanks for listening to my podcast. My name is Dr. S. Yaroslavitz, and I am the director of Hands Full, which is committed to the provision of community education in the area of behavior management and cognitive development of children. I look forward to hearing from you with any questions that you have. And remember, no matter how impossible things may seem, the earth will continue rotating on its axis.